Welcome to the Real Estate Asia podcast, where industry leaders discuss emerging trends and business models, their upcoming developments, and how the real estate industry is evolving. And now here's your host, Tim Charlton. Welcome and joining us today for the podcast is Alan Nikolovsky. He's executive principal at Ada Singapore. Alan has a varied design and project experience in commercial, office, retail, residential, and infrastructure projects. He is also actively involved in the development of design concepts through to working drawings and construction phases around the world. Welcome, Alan. Hi, Tim. Happy to be here today. Great. Thanks so much for joining us. And of course, we've talked a, a fair bit before uh, arriving at today's podcast and a lot of interesting things to discuss. So let's crack on with it. Um, first of all, how does Ada's view the growing value of sustainability in real estate, especially for investors, and especially in a place like Singapore where land is so constrained and uh, the economy is small and ecology is valued very highly by the people. Yeah, so I'll give you a little bit of background on Aegis first and how we're addressing those issues that are, we're experiencing at the moment in the real estate market. Part of our vision at Aegis Architects is to look at the ways that the Asian cities particularly are changing rapidly due to the greater density and connectivity and efficiency that's occurring as, as we see it in the Asian cities at the moment. And the ways people are, are living is changing. So we are adapting and we're working with those changes. Um, and part of our passion is to learn from that in terms of new urbanization and how this new sustainable and innovative design solutions can be implemented in our projects, not just in Asia, but globally. We are a global practice and it's something we're passionate about and it's how we can learn from that and implement that in our projects internationally. It's part of our mission to introduce innovative design solutions that are tailored to communities internationally. So what I'd like to pass you through to today is uh, looking at the different scales that we're working and the types of projects we're working on at the moment. So we, we are fortunate enough to work on macro scale, single buildings as well as micro scale that can give an idea of how the growing value of sustainability in real estate is being portrayed uh, in our current live projects. Um, so I can take you through those uh, one by one when you're ready. Yeah, let's go through them. Okay, so in terms of a macro scale project, a great example, we're really busy with at the moment, the Woodlands North Coast master plan job for the JTC in Singapore. It's quite a large site in the north of Singapore. It's 113 hectares in size. Um, our scope originally was the concept master plan uh, to develop the overview and the vision for the space. And we're now fortunate enough to work on phase one, which is working on the first four buildings as part of that master plan, which are under construction. They're a mix of business park type developments with retail as well as industrial. So it's quite an innovative mix. Um, and it's very much working to the principles of a sustainable master plan uh, that is being implemented as a sub-central city center in Singapore. So it's got great innovation ideas that we've implemented with the client, looking at uh, a very people-friendly live-workplace space that will be plugging into the infrastructure of the newly developing northern coast of Woodlands. Uh, what's quite innovative is we've created this basement level, uh, which frees up the ground level to allow people and urban space and landscaping to dominate the ground level space, giving it to priority for people and human scale activity. So all the types of necessity and infrastructure and support structure is taken to the basement. Uh, we've made this a car light approach, which dovetails into Singapore's vision to make Singapore car light. Uh, so the ground plane is given just to people and uh, their own mobility devices and buses. 
the under basement level works to goods delivery and access. So we've created this very urban, very uh, tactile ground level that's very accessible. It's very vibrant and it's being uh, implemented in phases due to the scale and size. Within the basement, we're also introducing this very innovative waste management system which integrates within pneumatic systems within all the different plots and sites, taking away mass management from the ground level to the basement level. Uh, so it's quite innovative and interesting in terms of how that can free up the, the ground level experience of the users that will live and work in this space. Uh, within the urban space, we're also integrating within the landscape artwork, places for well-being, places for the community to congregate, meet uh, informally, which is all part of the vision to create a space that people can truly use, uh, live and work. To access this site, we've also just recently completed the Woodlands North Station, part of the Thompson East Coast Line, a new line that would link the CBD of Singapore from the south all the way to the north to Woodlands and then further to Malaysia with the RTS link. So the Woodlands North Coast is a real key pivotal master plan um, that will link not only the CBD central area but link to Malaysia. So it really is a, it's a vision of how Singapore sees sustainable master plan development and how the value of that real estate is improved and increased because of the uh, attractiveness of the space that we've created within this master plan. Yeah, if I, if I look at almost the concept, it's almost going back to the way that a lot of Europeans have redone the cities. They leave the piazza and the plaza and everything and they put all of the infrastructure underneath and it's terrific to see that going ahead in, in Singapore with that. Um, can you perhaps now provide us with some other key examples of sustainability features of new buildings or projects that you're working on? Yeah, another very exciting project we're very in the early stages for is working up the new concept for the Shaw Tower in Singapore within the CBD area. It's a grade A building. It's a tower in the CBD near the Raffles Hotel, 40,000 square meters of grade A building stock. Um, the client is Shaw. It's, a, it's in the existing site uh, just near the, the bay. Um, and the project manager for the project is Len Lease. Uh, so for this project, the aspiration is to uh, target the highest level of green mark in Singapore, which is platinum, and, and better that. Um, so we're very excited to be involved in this project, and it's something we're very passionate about. So kind of ideas and concepts is a mixture of passive and active uh, devices and approaches and methodology of sustainability we're introduced in the building because of the aspiration of ourselves and the client working together. And certain key aspects need to be addressed and considered when targeting the highest levels of Greenmark, as well as the well system, which is another one we're targeting. Uh, the, first of all, the facade has to be very tight, has to be a very high-performance facade itself. Um, there's something we're very excited to develop and detail up, which is an intrinsic part of the design methodology of the building as approach. Uh, we're looking at renewable energy provisions within the building itself. Uh, we're looking at ways we can use electric vehicle and charging points throughout the basement car park and provide additional number of um, mobility device lots, including bike lots, which is long, strongly encouraged by the Singapore government now as alternatives to car transport within Singapore and highly encouraged. Uh, we're using BIM as part of a platform that we're working not only in terms of the design, but also we'll hand over that BIM model to the operator in terms of the facilities management to, during the duration of the building itself to improve the quality and the maintainability of the building. So it's something we design and then develop as a BIM model and give to the client for their facilities management in terms of efficiency. Other aspects that we're really excited that we're developing for this is keeping a trend and log of the kind of air pollutants we experience within the buildings to track and read 
and improve where we can uh, so people are aware of the current conditions and the workspaces are at the public as well as the rentable spaces and we're also looking at a way to um, minimize construction waste uh, during the construction of the project with the with the project management team which is something that's very keen on and very high on our agenda in, in terms of reducing the urban heat sink effect within our global cities, especially in Southeast Asia, we've prioritized the amount of green space we're developing in sky parks and sky gardens that are naturally vented through the building. And they've created dramatic uh, vision points and sharing common spaces within the development. And we're also creating spaces for the community, the local community in context can access uh, at all times uh, to experience the building, common spaces, but also get an understanding of the kind of quality within that space. Uh, we have real-time data reading within the spaces, so they have a, a true sense of what's happening in terms of energy usage as well as the quality of space. So quite exciting and innovating ideas that we're now working on in this Grade A development in Singapore. There really are multiple levels where you actually break out and, and have, a, have that sort of a garden thing. There's, a, there's one just up, there's the ground level, of course, one just up from the ground level. Midway through the building, there's another uh, you know, sort of garden area and rooftop. That's, uh, that's a, a lot of green space. Can you maybe just delve a little bit deeper into that? What are each of these areas trying to do? How are they maybe slightly different from the others? Yeah, well, so we saw an exciting opportunity because of the location of the site and the opportunities of the site offers us to create these very dramatic sky gardens and sky parks within the development as a whole. So these are uh, common shared areas throughout the development for tenants as well as people that are using the retail spaces can access. Uh, to enjoy the facilities of having an urban park that are naturally ventilated. It's a cool environment. Uh, we'll introduce spot cooling in those areas for comfort um, and create interesting and fascinating vistas within these uh, viewpoints uh, that we'll be creating through our tower. So again, it's making a permeable building um, that will respond to the effects of the elements as well as the conditions within the site of the sun path as well as the wind paths that we've taken in consideration in creating these parks to make them attractive, comfortable, beautifully landscaped and wonderful places to experience in the middle of the CBD. Enhancing the experience, not just for the users, but also the temporary occupants that are passing through the mixed use spaces and retail spaces to enjoy. And when will that be ready? Um, I think the completion target at the moment is 2027. So uh, it's not that far away. The time creeps up on you faster than you think. Absolutely. Now, looking at all of the projects you're doing, what trends are you taking into consideration in your projects? Yeah, so we're fortunate enough to work on a variety of scales, as I was saying earlier, the types of projects ranging from large infrastructure projects to smaller retail fit-out type jobs. And I'd like to share the kind of experience we're, we're involved with projects at the moment. So for the large infrastructure projects in Singapore particularly, we've noticed that the government aspiration for, say, metro projects for the LTA and station architecture in, in Singapore has now gone to the highest level of BCA green mark. It's the platinum level. So the aspiration started uh, earlier on, years gone by, at a very benchmark level, and now the aspiration expectation is the highest level. So we have to work very hard with innovation, working with BCA and our client, to introduce ways of passive and active uh, methods of innovation within metro architecture. So we, we see that as something we embrace and enjoy, and we can see that's being used as a benchmark for other infrastructure projects in Southeast Asia and the world. Uh, so we're quite excited to see that change and evolution trend. Um, other trends we're seeing that's quite common in our larger scale projects is an emphasis to produce and manufacture materials and precast elements as much as possible in Singapore, 
and not have them made overseas or shipped in from overseas in terms of responding to the energy and the kind of efforts to build components and kit of parts overseas and shipping them or flying them in. So there's a greater emphasis now, especially on government projects, to manufacture and build the elements here in Singapore and not rely on overseas import. Uh, the, the biggest shift, and this is really sort of dovetailing into the whole COVID experience, is the highest priority of wellness and the health safety of workers and workplaces. So this was happening before COVID, but now it's even more of an issue that everyone's aware of and everyone's talking about. So I think it's a good thing that people are focusing on uh, wellness. And this also talks to mental wellness, not just physical wellness. Um, so as architects, it's something we're very passionate about, creating spaces that are not only inspiring, but also safe for people to occupy, use, and uh, experience and delight. So it's something we've always been passionate about, but now it's a global issue that our clients are coming to us and asking for ways to introduce this within our building projects. So it's something we're excited about. Um, the other key aspect I'd like to share is that there's a growing emphasis on engaging community for grade A developments. So the type of uh, larger projects that we're involved in are also taking a nod on how they can include the community, uh, provide community-related facilities or benefits for them to use, to attract the users to use that building on a 24-7 basis. Uh, so we're seeing more permeability in these types of developments within the urban realm. Um, not so much something that's just used in a nine-to-five basis, but it's active all around the times of the day and night. And these have to be safe, of course, but uh, a growing emphasis on community engagement within the immediate context of these large developments is something that's happening at the moment. What's an example of that? And, you know, Singapore is one community, pretty much. Are you just talking about a skate park for the, for the kids or a, or a community centre for the adults? Or what are some examples, concrete, that you're doing to make it a 24-7 building? Yeah, so, for example, some of the developments that we've looked at at the moment, um, there's the developments around Jurong. We're creating provisions within that development. It's a mixed development, but it has allowances for library for the community to use, for example. We're creating common parks that are accessible 24-7, so it's not just accessible in terms of the operational hours of the building, but all around the clock, as to encourage the people to engage the space. Around those public parks and common spaces, there's retail opportunities to enliven and activate those spaces. And that's great when we're connecting to uh, infrastructure such as rail or bus, because you always want to engage in terms of transit-orientated development at 24-7 usage of the space, where there's community, mixed development, and infrastructure coming together. This not only generates activity, but also enhances safety. Uh, so we're introducing this in all, all our uh, mixed developments that are occurring in Singapore, as well as infrastructure projects in Singapore at the moment. Yeah, so in other words, it's not just, uh, you know, when I first got to Singapore, the downtown business centre was quiet after dark. There's nothing going on. It's empty office buildings. So it really is a, a change to try and make these new buildings, you know, a part of the community and not just a place for people to go work and uh, then go home. Now, you touched on COVID earlier. What are some of the key design trends you're seeing coming out of COVID? And you said that uh, clients are willing to now invest in that as well. So perhaps you can share with us some ideas that you're seeing and doing. Yeah, I think a really good example of that, and now we're looking at the micro-scale example of a project that we're involved in at the moment, our Aegis Interiors team. Interestingly enough, we started the project just before COVID, and then the project evolved uh, during the COVID period. So this is a, a fit-out for their project. Um, it's for AC Energy in um, Manila. They're an alternative energy company. So again, very switched-on company, very corporate, switched-on grade A type of company. So we're working on their fit-out for their new headquarters in Manila. 
So the brief was originally developed just before COVID, and then during COVID, we evolved the brief with them in terms of introducing the requirements within workspace um, that they foresee upon completion of this uh, development of the internal fit-out. So there's the short-term and the long-term strategy we've discussed and developed with them. In terms of the short-term strategy, we looked at immediate ways that we can reduce uh, touch points within the space itself, so as much as possible in the front of house areas, um, auto-slide or non-touching elements for lights, fixtures and doors as much as possible. We've also had to uh, take into account the spacing between the workers within the workspace itself. So we've developed a 120-degree workspace arrangement, which we had as part of the current scheme, and it just happened to meet the COVID requirements and spacing. So it's something we, we had developed originally, and it does respond to the requirements, which is quite interesting. So this is three people on a circular desk, is that? Correct. So it's looking at a, like a triformer arrangement. Again, it meets all the, with a, a low petition, so it meets all the health and safety requirements as we have them at the moment. But it's something we proposed to them pre-COVID, so it does work within the requirements, which is quite interesting. And it's creating irregular type workspaces for the workers to use. Yeah, normally in the Philippines, a lot of countries are used to having long rows of desks and people facing each other. Yep. In terms of space efficiency, how many less desks or spaces do you get in your space as if it was just a traditional, you know, back-to-back -back desks? Well, the thing is we didn't have to reduce the numbers because of our 180-degree triformer arrangement. The number we used, we did not have to decline on, which is which is good. Uh, so the client was very happy. In terms of the occupancy within the space itself, that's a different issue. Uh, as in Singapore, you have to control the numbers of staff that can occupy the workspace due to the limits. So in terms of the workspace arrangement, we have the spacing there should the space be fully occupied. But again, we have to be constrained with the current requirements of the amount of people you can have in the space. But we've created the opportunity to create multifunctional and transitional space where people can come and use the space as a hot desking type arrangement or a hot meeting room type arrangement throughout the free-flowing spaces over the three floors of the, the fit-out space we have at the moment. Well, when we can travel again, uh, and I do get to Manila quite a lot, we have an office here. I'm looking forward to going and paying a visit yeah. to uh, AC Energy, part of, of course, the mighty Ayala Corporation. Um, now, looking forward, are there any future trends and advancements in sustainability that you're expecting to come, uh, even post-pandemic? Uh, what opportunities do you think have been captured under this new normal? So again, just dovetailing on the future workspace, so the, the experience that we're having with our current clients on fit out a workspace itself, they're looking at the short term as well as the long term. So the things we need to satisfy now, but also how can we benefit down the line when uh, there's the new normal or the new type of work where we rely more heavily on digital platforms to communicate work and collaborate with our team members. So this is being introduced within the current workspaces we're developing that started early with the digitization of our workspaces. So the, the interior that we developed for AC already starts to reflect that kind of environment. So we see even more of that expanding to other sectors and, and different user types. In, in addition to that, of the concentration of digitization for communication at work, we see other aspects that the users are heavily emphasizing is the workspace safety as well as wellness. So a space for wellness um, where you can have an event or an experience with your coworkers that, that you can occupy whether it's a meditation session or a yoga session, there needs to be the flexibility to allow that to happen in adjustable spaces. So far more adjustable spaces and far more breakaway meeting rooms that allow flexibility within the space, which we started to see pre-COVID. And now we're seeing an acceleration of that counter demand in our briefs 
so it's very easy to propose, and clients are very open to this idea of functional, multifunctional spaces. Other things we're seeing in terms of developments, we already spoke about the community facilities and provisions. This is dovetailing very interestingly in Singapore within the 15-minute city vision. So your community facility is so much more important as the vision of a car-light environment that the URA has rolled out for Singapore, whereas these subsidy centres will provide all their requirements within the users that are, that are living as well as working within that 15-minute radius uh, within that city. So those grade A developments in the infrastructure really need to provide the community facilities so people do not have to travel to other parts of Singapore to experience or obtain the services and experiences they need. Um, it'll all be provided in the subsidy centres, as, as shown in our Woodlands development. So we're, I think we're going to see more and more of that, uh, the new subsidy developments that are coming up in Singapore. Woodlands is the benchmark, and we can see the new subsidy developments in Pangal, as well as uh, Sungai Kedut is coming up as well will reflect this methodology and this idea of everything being centralized in that space and provided to that community. Great. Now, is there anything else that you wanted to add or that we uh, haven't touched on? Just to conclude, basically, as architects, it's a challenging time for all of us, as you know, but we're, we're embracing the challenge and we're excited about the challenges ahead to introduce the ideas of wellness, the ideas of sustainability. It's something we're very passionate about, but now it's on the highest agenda. So again, it's a nice conversation that we can explore more creative ideas and implement those creative ideas in our environment very rapidly to test case and benchmark and see how they can be relevant or applied to other communities and other projects we have internationally. So it's interesting days for us. I think we're in the right place at the right time. We can provide this kind of input with our inspiration and our design solutions and sustainability ideas and implement them, not just talk about them with with key stakeholders as well as government agencies which are willing to explore. So I think it's very interesting days. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that the government is insisting on things as mundane as their public transport train stations. They really want it at the top level of sustainability and also design and uh, it's impressive to see that. So congratulations on all the interesting work you're doing and look forward to hearing more over time when your new projects are done. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. I uh, look forward to catching up soon and sharing more with you. Terrific. Thank you, Alan. All right. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our channel on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. For more information, check out realestateasia.com.